This is a very important morning because I am sure some of you have walked over the line and come to know Jesus Christ personally, passionately, powerfully, and preeminently. I know that I know. In fact, our mission statement uh, for BSL is this. The BSL mission is to create an environment specifically for women to connect to God, which is faith, and to connect to each other, which is fellowship. By studying the Bible, remember we're Bible study ladies. Okay, Bible, what is it? Basic instructions before leaving earth. Very good, okay? And so that's all we need is the Bible, all right? Connect to each other, fellowship by studying the Bible together so that Jesus may be known in each woman's life personally, passionately, powerfully, and preeminently. And that's, and we're so, so thankful. And so I know that I know that some ladies crossed the line last night and have come into fellowship in, in asking Jesus to forgive their sin. So I want to hear from you. Stand up. Come on. I know there's people in here. I personally know. Exactly, exactly. Woo! Ice, ice cream cone microphone. <laughs> the reason I say that is because I'm, uh, I'm a hairdresser by, by business, but I also am a president of a, a youth theater company. And so the kids like to talk like this, and you can't really hear them speak. So this is an ice cream cone, this is a microphone. So that's your lesson for when you speak on a... Microphone today. Um, I don't even know where to begin. I'm going to try to do this without crying, and I am such a crybaby, so I have a big jawbreaker in my mouth, so hopefully that'll just keep things from uh, flooding out of my mouth, because I have a big mouth, too. Y you ladies are unbelievable. When I look around this room, I only got to talk to a few of you. you <laughs> wow. You guys are so beautiful. I don't even know if you even know that, but I, I only got a few stories. The pain that you guys have and that you walk around with every day is so moving to all of us. <laughs> Microphone. Uh, I started my week off on Monday getting divorced. And um, my friend, dear friend Karen's been asking me to come up here for I don't know how many years. And it's Seven. been homecoming, or it's always been something with my children. Or my husband wouldn't let me come because it's not Catholic. And I like being Catholic. I do. But the guilt that it put on me. I don't know if you heard Denny screaming in the woods, but that was me <laughs> this morning because I don't want this guilt anymore. Amen. I don't want this anymore. Amen. I'm not, I'm not going to have it anymore. Amen. But it's thanks to all of you guys in this weekend that I'm not going to have this anymore. Amen. And God. So thank you all for such an amazing, beautiful weekend. You know, you read those cards, and I, I couldn't even write anything because absolutely every part of this weekend was perfect. Every part. My bed, I have a back issue. My bed was perfect. I love to eat, and the food was perfect. 
And the weather was perfect. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the weather. Perfect. Exactly. My and best friend of 45 years, I got to share this with. I don't know if any of you Whose guys name to is Margot. How cool is that? <laughs> there, usually there are two Margos and, you know, 110 people. How cool is that? And what's also perfect is now you are perfected in Jesus Christ because you've crossed over the line by the cross and come unto him. And, and one last thank you to my friend Kim for not giving up on me. God, you are stubborn. Right. Yes, she is very stubborn. Thank you, Renee. Woo! Amen. What are the angels doing right now? They're doing the happy dance, right? Amen. All right, anybody else? Do, 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 do. Excellent. Well, um, I actually accepted Jesus three years ago at retreat, and Amen. this year I was able to bring my sister and sponsored her for her sweet 16th birthday party, Um, and I'm excited to share that um, this morning while filling out the survey, uh, she checked the box that she accepted Jesus as her Savior. Amen. All right, Brianna. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, right? Um, Just little babes in Christ now, right? Starting on the runway of life, taking off the old clothes, putting on the new wardrobe, right? That's what it is. All right, others of you, what what did God speak to you last night? This was a house of prayer in here last night. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much to the prayer counselors who just stayed, and they prayed and prayed and prayed. Thank you, Susan, for sharing and allowing people to come and share with her and praying over people, praying with people. Uh, so, you know, just, just little tidbits, what God did in your life last night or all this weekend. Yes, sweetheart. Your name is, hon? Kristen. Kristen. Oh, you have your hair back, Kristen. Okay. <laughs> um, I really realized that from this weekend that forgiveness, I mean, it's a gift that God gave to us, and Jesus paid the price, and we don't do anything to deserve it. Um, and so I need to recognize that the people in my life that I need to forgive don't have to do something first to deserve it, because the prices are even paid. And it's almost as if I don't choose to forgive them. I'm saying to Jesus, what you did on that cross wasn't enough. And I devalue his suffering and what he did for me, it's That's almost right. like saying that your suffering was enough for my sin, but not yeah. for that person. That's right. And it almost hurts more to think that that would really hurt Jesus looking at him on that cross to say it wasn't enough for her. That's right. Ah, get up here and preach. <laughs> Amen. Right? That would be cheap grace, wouldn't it? That'd be cheap grace. Right? It's not cheap grace. Right? God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. Undeserved favor. Thanks for sharing, Kristen. Anybody else? Right here, sweet bug. Anybody have a... Uh... You look good in zebra print. Pardon me? You look good in zebra print. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't really normally like talking in front of other people, um, but I've been kind of prodded on by my roommates I came up and I, um, when I went on the prayer walk, I was walking along and then all of a sudden 
I just felt like the Lord was impressing on me. I, I like to write poetry. And uh, so he put this poem on my heart. It's called A Reflection in the Lake. I'm perched on a rock by the side of the lake. Bracken ferns, water lilies are the names of some rocks. Perched on a rock by the side of the lake, beautiful golden leaves, I'm here, no mistake. I'm broken and lost. My confidence is gone. Restore me, Lord. Shine your light upon the sun's bright rays ripple across toward me, showing me calm in your majesty. I'm hurt and wounded. I have people at work treating me horribly, slinging comments full of mud and murk. I feel I'm imprisoned at a job that tears me down. Lord, send me your spirit. Turn my life around. Please bless me with a job where I can be inspired. A job where I don't fear the thought of being fired. You are my redeemer. You pick me up. You bless my life. You've always filled my cup. Teach me to be patient, to follow your plan. Teach me to wait. You've written the master plan. As I walk away from my... As I walk away from the reflection in the lake, as I have sat and prayed to you, the rays of the sun have become few. Time to leave as the sun begins to set. Your spirit prods me on. I'm so glad we've met. I will continue to seek you first. I pray that you soon will quench my thirst. I love you, Lord, forever. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, thank you. Would you send that to me, dear? Would you send that to me? Thank you. Kat, did you have your hand up? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Deb. Yeah. Um, my name's Deb, and um, just a couple things I wanted to share was um, the prayer walk was just amazing. Um, I, I brought my journal, and I just... Just wrote things down as God was leading me to, and and through tears, and and, and it was tears of the Holy Spirit, and um, God instantly brought a person to mind that I need to forgive and ask forgiveness. But God was so using the beautiful nature of this place, and at the start of the prayer walk, He said, "Close your eyes, listen." And I just sat and closed my eyes and listened and wrote down the things in God's creation that I could hear. Further down, it's like, okay, um, now I want you to see, you know, see my creation. I mean, he, he did this through the prayer walk. And it just was, I mean, such a blessing. The other thing I want to say is, mm. I finally conquered Maj Podge. <laughs> <laughs> So did Emmy Nosek. Where's Emmy? <laughs> she cranked on that much, much. Oh, I, I went. I did. I tried last year, and it was like, oh, and I, I went home with an unfinished thing, and so I started again, and 
Ken was doing the same thing, and I think it was overthinking. <laughs> and uh, Don helped me with kind of, we talked about it. So it. Uh, you and I are craft challenged. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Well, certainly in the mud. I kept calling it hodgepodge for me. <laughs> but, um, but then I went back to it and I said, okay, don't overthink this. And thank there it the is. Lord, I did two of them, and I think they turned out. All right. <laughs> Woohoo! All right, Kat, did you have your hand up, hon? Did Kathy, did you have your hand up? No? Okay. I thought you did. So I, I started this weekend thinking, <laughs> I'm pretty good at forgiving. I don't have really anyone to forgive. And, uh... <laughs> I think Aaron started that way too, and a couple others, right? God laughed. <laughs> Got in the car, drove our stuff. He said, You know, I know that God has someone for me to forgive, and I think it's my husband. <laughs> and I've uh, been married 11 years, and the first six years were divorce driven. And um, my son got sick, and my God healed my marriage. And um, but my bitter heart grew again, and I was mad that I was alone, taking my son to hospitals as my husband worked, providing for our family in amazing ways. And I got angry again, and I took it out on my children, have said awful things to them, and my husband continued to come home and hug me as I was angry as he walked through that door. And I only ever wanted God to change me, to get rid of my anger. At five years old, I was kicking holes in walls because of my anger. And um, I knew immediately that I needed to forgive my husband. And I asked for forgiveness for being pretty awful. So I guess I did have someone to forgive. <laughs> Under your nose, usually, what it is, right? That's victory, right? Is that victory? Thank you, Jesus. Excellent. Anybody? Speaking of husbands. So half of my life ago, I came up here on a singles retreat who, with the man that I was dating at the time, who was now my husband. And it was on this lake. Oh, I wanted to give it to the new people. As a young woman, that we told each other that we loved each other for the first time. And we sensed the Lord drawing us into marriage. I've been married 25 years. And I say by the grace of God, and I think, you guys get it. It's been a rough road. And I came here as well for my friend because she said, hey, you know, my divorce is final Monday. This will be perfect timing. You want to come? I'm like, give up a whole weekend. I love her that much. And I'm like, oh, it's really pretty up there. It'll be fall. The colors might like, absolutely call me, and I'm going. And, and everybody's like, well, what are you going to? I'm going to retreat on forgiveness for Renee. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize that we were going to get a twofer so God in his sovereignty led me here and he said okay it's time. it's time to deal with this marriage it's time to deal with anger and hurt and I have a renewed sense of joy and purpose in this marriage I believe that Thank you, we're together still for a reason absolutely Absolutely. And I choose to honor God by 
confessing my sin when I get home, and I know I'm a big part of it takes two, right? Yeah. So I'm grateful for that. But one of the things on the prayer walk that really set me free, and I can just picture you writing this, some of these things, but what absolutely broke me was on the one, I think it was like the second or whatever, and it says, Jesus is proud of you. And there was an exclamation point. And I thought, I just was like, he's proud of me? Despite my sin? My father's proud of me? And that just broke me and healed me in a way that I'm just very grateful for. So God bless you and your ministry. And God bless everyone here. Thank you, Lord. That's who he is. That's who he is. You know, the Lord always... uh, as I, you know, start putting pen to paper, hands to computer, actually, uh, he always has me eat off the plate first before I can share with you. I'm like, really? (laughs) (laughs) You know, but it's a very good thing because you have victory. And then I am no different than you. And we walk it together. He has just allowed me, in the gifting he's given me, to be able to share with you. And my prayer is that, you know, you'll walk with me. You'll walk with me. And eat off his table. Because he is proud of you. You're chosen. You're his. You have his label on you. And when you walk as a child of the king, as a princess of the king, as Jill Briscoe says, nothing and no one can come when you're dead set in the middle of God's will. Nothing can touch you, and no one can touch you. And you know what God's will is? Just doing the next right thing. Just doing the next right thing. Just doing the next right thing. And if you need to confess with someone, you confess. If you need to forgive someone, you forgive. It's just doing the next right thing, and you're smack dab where you want to be. Remember when we studied in Daniel, ladies? A lot of ladies were there last year went through Daniel. Daniel was smack dab in the middle of the lion's den, which was the safest place for him to be. Safest place for him to be because he was right where God wanted him. And what did he do? Showed his glory. Showed his glory. So he did. Daniel, I needed you in there. Show my glory. Shut the mouths of lions. You think there was a revival going on after that? Oh, you bet. They saw the God, Yahweh God, and that's what your family needs to see in you. Right? The God that's miraculous, who changes me. And then they watch you and they go, what is it about you? Michelle, what is it about you? I want what you have. And it could be from your husband, your daughter, your mom, whatever it is. But it starts with us. Why don't we worship, sweet? Jesus, name above all names. God, you are all powerful and we praise you this morning. We give ourselves to you unconditionally in his great and powerful name. Amen. Have a seat. It's our last session together. But you know, God has done amazing things this weekend. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. That's who he is. That's what he wants to do. And Susan, thank you. Thank you for rousing worship and how you guys joined in. You know, the worship leader just can't be worshiping the Lord himself. It's, it's when the whole place erupts like that with joy, right? And so that is a, we are forgiven. We are forgiven to forgive. forgive. And that's called relentless forgiveness. Relentless forgiveness. All right?
Let's start with the video. Amen? Those emotions that they mentioned, those are powerful, powerful emotions that we can experience. Hate, malice, anger, unforgiving heart. And if you remember in Colossians 3, those are the old clothes. Those are the old clothes that we are to take off. And you heard from each of these how they put on the new, right? You forgive as a master forgave you. Let's pray. Oh, God, I just ask that this morning that you would go deep, deeper, just deeper into us. Change my heart once again. God, may we hear from you. May this be just a culmination of this weekend. And if some of these precious ladies still haven't crossed the line, Lord, uh, to know you personally, may this be their day. If they have not crossed the line in asking forgiveness of something that they have done, may this be the day. May they name it. May they call it out to you. Because you've already forgiven, but it seems as if they can't forgive themselves. Lord, I don't know what that is, but you do. I don't know what it is. It could be adultery. It could be porn. It could be abortion. It could be hate. It could be unforgiveness. It could just be um, a bitter heart. It could be that they're still struggling with the mom and dad that you, you gave them. I don't know what it is, but Jesus, you do. And I'm asking that they would continue to chew on that until, Lord, they lay it down. That this will not be a burden to them anymore. That they know that they're free in Christ and that they can be set free by asking forgiveness and by forgiving the next person. Because God, thank you that we are so forgiven by you on the cross to forgive. Forgiven by you to forgive. So I praise you today, Lord. I thank you for this weekend. I ask that you would take, and Holy Spirit, just speak. And speak into the hearts of these precious women. May we be still before you and hear your voice in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. You know, we know what healing uh, forgiveness can do, and we know what unforgiveness can do, right? We've learned that. What healing forgiveness can do, and what unforgiveness can do to us, okay? So in our closing session, I want to teach you how to practically walk through forgiving someone. And that someone could be yourself. That someone could be yourself, okay? And so we're going to look at the word peace. Uh, you know, in our, in our text in Colossians 3, I'll read the first and then we'll put the monitor up. So chosen by God for this new life of love, we're always talking about what? Dress in the what? Wardrobe, right, that God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, Wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Wear love. And then in verse 15, 
Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. And cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Okay, as we experience this relentless forgiveness from the Father vertically through the cross of Jesus, we then pass it on horizontally. And what happens is that you have peace. You have the peace that passes all understanding, it says in Philippians 4. We have the peace. And uh, Lee Strobel, who uh, was a gentleman who um, was an atheist and tried to prove there was no God. He was a journalist in Chicago. And actually, as he tried to prove there was no God, he proved there's a God. And uh, he came to Christ, and uh, he was at Willow Creek for years, uh, and he wrote a book called God's Outrageous Claims. And in that book, he goes through an acronym called PEACE, and, he, and it's how to learn to forgive using the words P-E-A-C-E, -E, which is peace. The first one for P is what? Just try to guess. What do you think P is? Prayer. Excellent. Good job. You need to pray. You need to pray, okay? In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is speaking, red letter edition, okay? You have heard it said that you are to hate your enemies. But I say what? Love your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. So the first step in forgiveness is to pray. You pray for the person who wronged you, all right? Praying for someone who hurt you and someone that you love is extremely difficult to do. But guess what? You step over the line. You step over the line. I don't want to do that. Well, you need to. Step over. Do it. You're never going to receive the power. You, you don't pray about praying. My mom used to say, I said, oh, mommy, I got to pray about this. She says, Margo, it says to do it in the word of God. You just do it. Yeah. It's true. If the word of God tells you to do it, you don't have to pray about it. It's a command. You do it. It's the same thing. You pray. You pray. And you say, Lord, you know what? Just like I did with my um, mother-in-law. Ah, the story I told you last night. Lord, man, you know what? In my flesh, I don't like this lady. In my flesh, I want to wring her neck. In the flesh, she is trying to uh, draw us apart. In the flesh, Lord, what have I done? All the, you know, what about me and all this kind of stuff? And as I would keep praying, he would change my heart. He changed my heart. I'd be praying scripture, I'd be praying this, and he'd say, oh, Margo, you know what? Forgive her, she doesn't know what she's saying. She doesn't know me, Margo. It's okay. Look how she grew up, Margo. Look at this. Look at this, Margo. Look through the eyes of my heart. Look at the compassion, how I've given you, you give to her. You know what? You just keep on keeping on being Jesus to her, and I promise you, I have this. I have it. Lay it down. Lay it down. I have this. And when you pray, your heart changes, and it allows God to go to work, man. The unseen is way busier than the seen, and he's going to work, and he's coming alongside. He's going, look what he did. He allowed my mom to write the amazing letter at just the right time, just the right place, arrives just at the hospital. I mean, are you serious? For her to come to know Jesus personally, that's what he does. You pray for that person. You pray for that person. Did you guys see that great movie, Lincoln? I don't see very many movies because they're not worthy of seeing. But Lincoln was amazing, okay? And Abraham Lincoln prayed fervently for the Southerners in the Civil War. Do you remember this? I mean, I'll, I'll never forget this. Someone confronted him and said, Mr. President, you should destroy your enemies, not pray for them. Lincoln replied, 
Do I not make a friend of my enemy? Do I not destroy my enemy when I pray for him? You see, as we pray for the people who wronged us, we find that the hard feelings, we find that the hurt, it it diminishes. It diminishes. You can't pray for a person very long and still hate them. You can't. It's impossible. And so you continue to call out, you continue to pray, and you continue to ask them. If you're praying genuine and earnestly, we discover that you can't help but forgive that person. And it's, it's amazing because last night somebody asked me, Margo, did your mother-in-law, now we've been married 26 years, and this was during the first eight years of our marriage. Um, I think that's 18 years. I'm not very good at math in public. Thank you. All right. So, so for 18 years, it, we, you know, they have been my, by the way, she lived wonderfully. She came to Christ, right? And my kids have wonderful uh, Christian grandparents. And, and so someone said, Margo, did, did your mother-in-law ever ask you for forgiveness? I'm like, hmm, no. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I forgave her. It doesn't matter. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. You forget. It's done. I'm healed. I'm walking. I'm not a prisoner, right? And what happens is you continue to walk and be Jesus with skin on, right, to this person. And then she now, so funny, Brian goes, have you heard my mom? I'm like, oh, yeah. You're the daughter I never had. <laughs> I just love you so much. We walk in, right? They live in uh, Okaboji, Iowa. And, you know, we walk in and she's grabbing me and everything. Brian's like, what am I, chopped liver? I'm like, I'm the only son. Remember, you know, oh, yes, honey. Oh, you know. <clears throat> so God does. That's who he is. That's who he is. That's who he is. That's what he wants to do. That's who he is. But you need to pray first. You pray. The acronym of peace is you pray, okay? And what I want to do right this moment, I just want to take a moment, and I want you to pray right now for that person that God brings to your mind, just for a moment in the silence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you. We know that you've begun a good thing. We know that you've begun a good thing. We're going to follow on. The E, the E stands for, what do you think the E stands for? Another word for compassion, M- Empathy. Excellent. Empathy. So you pray, and then the E is for empathy. To forgive someone, you need to empathize with them, okay? We need to see our enemy from a completely different viewpoint. When I started to see Grandma through the eyes of Jesus, I was able to say, oh, yeah, oh, look, oh, yes, Lord. You know, forgive her. She, she, she doesn't know. Just like Stephen could say, right? When he's being stoned, forgive him. They don't know because they have empathy. We must turn from seeing this horrible, painful experience every time she calls me on the phone and tells me she wishes I was dead to, oh, Lord, bring her to you. She doesn't know. Let her know you. Let her know you, right? The compassionate eyes of Jesus. The way God sees Gladys is the way I need to see Gladys. The way God sees my ex-husband, Jim, that abused me for years, that's the way I need to see Jim. I pray blessings over him now. I ask the Lord, oh, I want to see him in heaven. Oh, God, I want to see him there. Oh, God, bring him. Bring him to you. Bring him to you. 
to know you. The horrific things that he did to me, I did it verbally to him. Oh, God, forgive me. Forgive him. Bring him. Bless him, Lord. Let him see you somehow, some way. And his children. Keep blessings on him. Empathy. The eyes of Christ. The point of view helps us realize that our enemies, our persecutors, have infinite value to God. Infinite value to God. They bear his image. Even though it's distorted, even though it's obscured by sin, God really does love them as much as he loves me, as much as he loves you. He does. He wants a relationship with them. As much as he kept wooing you, he's wooing them. And you could be a part of his wooing. You join him in it. You join him in it. Then when we see them as people that matter to God, they begin to matter to us. Right? Well, if it matters to God, and you're everything to me, Jesus, then he matters to me. Then she matters to me. And empathy reigns. Uh, William Barclay, he was a Scottish scholar in radio, in radio as well, and a writer. Uh, he relates this incredible, neat story. It was a rabbinic story. Rabbis would tell it to each other. It was, a, it was actually a tale, and it emphasized how much God values those he created, even though they sin. And what the story says is, is that the angels of heaven begin to noisily rejoice as the waters of the Red Sea, right, go back, they see the Israelites go through, and they get really excited when they see all the water cave in and the Egyptian army drowns. Okay, And so amidst the celebration of the angels in heaven seeing this, right? they're like clapping their hands, hands are up and everything, uh, God stops them and says, the work of my hands have been sunk into the sea, and you would sing about it? And you would clap your hands about it? You know, those angels should have read Ezekiel 33, 11, where it says God takes no pleasure God takes no pleasure in the demise of evil people. God takes no pleasure in the demise of evil people. Do you take pleasure in the demise of the person that hurt you? He doesn't. Compassion, empathy. So to forgive, we need to love sinners as God does. After all, I'm one, aren't you? Right? We're saved by his grace. Even though we hate what they did to us, you don't hate the person. You don't hate the person. Martin Luther says this, to love one's enemy does not mean to love the mire in which the pearl lies, but to love the pearl that lies in the mire. And many of you did that pearl oyster thing. And what a visual that is for you, right? You love the pearl that's in the yuck. You don't love the yuck. The yuck you want gone, but you love that pearl. Okay, so we've got what? Pray, empathy. What does A stand for? Uh, close, acceptance, it's act. We need to act. We need to act. To forgive, we need to act. We need to sidestep our feelings of revenge. Okay? We need to sidestep our feelings of revenge, and then we act in forgiving ways. So, okay, I'm not going to walk this way. I'm going to walk this way, and I'm going to act in forgiving ways, like we learned last night when I went through all the excuses I could have used with Grandma over and over again. Well, it's not fair, and this, this, this. No, you sidestep. Those are feelings. And you act. 
You walk by faith. We need to act ourselves into our way of thinking, not think ourselves into the way of acting. Because you're going to get in big trouble if you do that. Act rightly. Act rightly. Do the next right thing. Do the next right thing. Then the feelings follow. Then the thinking follows. <coughs> Excuse me. You do not think first and start rationalizing because your action's going to go that way. Uh, I shared with a lady uh, yesterday. She came up and shared with me, and uh, she said, Oh, Margo, my marriage is, is stale, and it's this, and it's that, and it's, and it's just... It, I thought it would change by now. It's been 16 years, and I thought this, and, and I said, "Hun," I said, I walked her through praying for him, walked her through empathy, walked her through, she goes, you know what, that's it. I'm not acting. I'm thinking, she, in other words, she's not speaking life. Heard that great new Toby Mac song? Yeah. Speak life. Yeah. Speak life. You gotta speak life into yourself, into that person, right? You need to act. You don't walk by your feelings. You don't walk by how perhaps, you know, he's not affirming to you. He's not, um, like she shared with me, uh, he pretty much does his own thing. You act. You act. Our feelings will follow our obedience. I promise. Years ago in the agency, I was in an advertising agency for 20 years, and um, one of the ladies came to know Jesus during that time, and actually, she had left her husband years ago, gotten divorced. I had hired her in the agency. She actually had no business being in the agency. I'm like, I need to hire her. And, and so she did wonderfully, did wonderfully in media. And, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm singing praise songs, and I'm in my, in my like, little office, and she's next to it. And she's thinking, oh, no. you got to be kidding me. Really? Really? Well, because she had left her husband knowing that she shouldn't have, and she's a believer, and she just left and went up north, and that's it, left her two children as well. She comes back, and there I am. Hey, how are you? You're sharing everything, and I share my life with her, right? And at the time, I had a little tiny red prelude, and when we had to go visit clients, you sit very close to one another. So I'd be telling her all the stuff, and, you know, and God's forgiven me, and you know, I always ask the Lord, Lord, bring anybody that I need to forgive, bring them to my life, bring them to my life. And she's sitting there, tells me later, Margo, you are like speaking into my life, and I'm trying to not hear you. So um, the Lord says, you know, give her, just share to me, just give her a book. Tell her how much you love her. Give her a book. So he gave one of Charles Stanley's um, The Gift of Love. He had a little tiny coffee books, like The Gift of Love, The Gift of Forgiveness, The Gift of All This. And I said, you know what, darling? It's your birthday and everything. I just love you. I want to give this to you. She put it on her coffee table at home at her little apartment, and this is what she did. She walked around it and looked at it for days. And she said she got mad at it, and she sort of swore. And she kept looking at it, and, she, and then she come to, you know, to the agency the next day. And then she walked around it the next day. I don't know how many days it took, but finally she just took it, and she said, I read it all at once. And it's supposed to be like little snippets, right, that you read? And she read it all at once. And I love this. She came, and she came to tell me, she goes, oh. I never realized how forgiven I am and how I, I strayed so far away. Thank you. Thank you. She went back. She called her husband, ex-husband Dave. Dave had waited for her years and years and years. 
I had the incredible privilege of being her matron of honor in their wedding. God brought them back together. Remember that story, Nance? Oh, yeah. That's what he does. That's who he is. You act. You act. You don't walk by your thinking or your feeling. You walk and act. You know, the principle of action is what Jesus was teaching in Luke 6, 27 through 31. When he says, he commands us to do this. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do you, which is, of course, the golden rule, right? Okay, and so the golden rule actually applies to your husband. It does. It doesn't apply to just like, you know, oh, random acts of kindness. Oh, I'll do that. I'll buy, you know, somebody behind me at McDonald's. Ah, I did such a great thing. You know what? That is a great thing. But it's not doing the golden rule to your husband. That's an easy thing to do. Golden rule to your husband is a hard thing to do. Golden rule to someone who has wronged you, hard thing to do. Easy thing to buy somebody Starbucks. Golden rule. Do to others as you want them to do to you. And then remember in Matthew 18, 15 through 17, Jesus said that when we're hurt, we're to act. If a fellow believer, up on screen, sweetie, if a fellow believer hurts you, go and tell him. Work it out between the two of you. If he listens, you've made a friend. If he won't listen, take one or two others along so that the presence of witnesses will keep things honest and try again. If he still won't listen, tell the church. If he won't listen to the church, you have to start over from the scratch, confront him with the need for repentance, and offer again God's forgiving love. Go to the person who hurt you. We, the innocent party, are to initiate reconciliation. Forgiveness involves action. Just like Erin shared last night, she needs to forgive her mother, and she's going to go tell her mom, Mom, forgive me for this. Now, when you go that, you don't point out what they've done to you. That's key. You don't go and say, you know what, you were really a jerk to me. You know, remember when you did this? Do you remember when you did this? Do you remember when this, 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 this? Uh, that would be a personal attack. Do you think they're going to be open to hearing you? No, you go and only mention your sin that you have responded to from what they did to you. For instance, you know, please forgive me for the resentment I've held into my heart because of things that have happened in the past between us. Please forgive me for the bitterness. Please forgive me. I have had anger. I have not acted rightly to you. You know what? I have sort of tried to, to keep silent with you. Please forgive me. Jesus would not do that. Now, you are acting rightly before God. You have set this person right here, and God can work on them. And you leave it. You leave it. You're not responsible for the other person's reactions. You're only responsible to act rightly before God. You're not responsible. If they don't go, oh, please forgive me. I'm the one who is the jerk. They're probably not going to do that. Okay? They're probably not going to bow to you and kiss your feet and tell you, oh, I'm so thankful you came because I wanted to ask for forgiveness for years. They're not going to say that probably. But I promise you that God will prepare their hearts. I promise you. 
Because he's prepared your heart. He's prepared your heart. He's prepared your heart. Your softness. And I promise you, it does not matter if the person is a believer, is an unbeliever, is a walking upright believer. It doesn't make any difference. He will prepare their heart. He will prepare their heart. You act rightly and leave everything up to him. God has it. He's got it. I remember when... um, a business competitor years ago in our ad agency beat us out of a contract, and we chose to send them a note of congratulations. Those people freaked out. They're like, what? What? I'm like, hey, you know what? Good job. Good job. You guys did it. You know, they loved your campaign. Good job. I remember when um, there were some adversaries, and they were having a great big picnic, and we had just had a great big picnic, and we had huge tins of turkey roll-ups and veggies and pulled pork, and so it's like, hey, I mean, it's great. We're not going to use it, so we came to their aid. They're like, huh? You know, you, you just act. You act in a forgiving way, even if you don't feel like it, and nine times out of ten, what? You're not going to feel like it, right, because faith is not a feeling. You just do the next right thing. Just do the next right thing. All right. P-E-A, what's C? Confession. Excellence. Confess. Chocolate. Nice. Confess with chocolate. Excellent. No, it's confess. All right. You see, part of this forgiveness is owning up to our side of the problem. Okay. You may want to think, I am 100% clean here. It's this guy you got to deal with, God. I'm 100% clean. Okay. He'll start working on you right at that moment. <laughs> and if you need to go around the mountain about another 100 times, he'll let you. I'm sort of done with mountain going around. Okay. So we need to own up to our side because more, more often than not, we share part of the blame. Of, of pushing the person into being our enemy. Okay, they, they perhaps started it, but remember what I just shared? You know, then you've done this, please forgive me for this, and the resentment, right, and what happens, and I've, I've pulled away, and the silence and everything, so you need to confess, okay? Maybe it's jealousy, maybe it's a stubbornness, maybe it's your own ambition, maybe it's your own bad attitude, right? And then all that has contributed to the rift between you and blank, okay? And, and few things accelerate the peace process more humbly than admitting your own wrongdoing. When Erin goes to her mom, she's going to say, mom, please forgive me. This is how I've acted towards you. Please forgive me. That will accelerate the peace process by her asking for forgiveness. She will confess to the one who puked all over her. Hmm. That's just like Jesus, isn't it? Right? As we puked all over him, he had already forgiven us already forgiven us, right? And what that does is it tells our enemies that we are very serious and we want to deal very honorably with you, with the friction between us. And it, sees, it tells them that I want to make this right. I'm willing to go beyond my stinking pride. I'm willing to go beyond my self-righteousness and to confess. And yes, I own a part of this disagreement. And I'm going to confess it. My sister Marilyn uh, did that with a family member years ago, and it brought reconciliation. It brought reconciliation. She confessed. 
And she started the whole reconciliation process, even though she was terribly wronged. Let God do his work. He wants you to join in with him. He's like, come on, this is good. This is fun. I've got this. I've got, you guys, I promise you, I promise you, I have had to ask for forgiveness so many times in my life. I mean, you remember, I didn't come to know Jesus when I was 31. And then I said, oh, Lord, God, bring these people to me. Bring them to me. I need to ask for forgiveness out of the clear blue. But hey, hey, I'm like, oh. UWO Claire, okay, yeah, hey, Anno, you know what, remember this, this, I just want to ask forgiveness for this, and they, eyes become like deer in headlights, huh, what, I said, no, it's really important I ask forgiveness for you, what, what happened, well, I love Jesus now, and he's like, you know, my master, and I need to do what's right, well, opens the door, opens the door, opens the door, it's sweet, it's fun, there may be some of you I need to ask forgiveness from. I mean, that's what he does. He opens the door. You walk by that faith. You guys, there is nothing better than creating me a clean heart and renewing me a steadfast spirit, oh God. Right? And that's how you do it. You continue to confess and confess and confess. And Lord, you know what? Whoever I need to ask, or you know, if I need to confess, even to allow them to forgive, ah, open the door. Open that door. I even remember, I mean, and, and, you know, there are no, like, little confessions and big confessions, okay? It's just confess. For instance, Brian was in Germany this last month for three weeks for business, okay? And we have a new puppy, Willow Joy, who's a little collie puppy who's 13 weeks old. And then we have a very old collie named Sadie Grace, who is, um, I, what is the deal with the two named, you know? Because so many people do that now. And so I'm like, oh, is that cute, Willow Joy, Sadie Grace? Are they people? You know, so... So, you know, so Sadie Grace is, is like 13 years old. So we have a 13-week-old, and then we have a, you know, 13-year-old. Right? And so and I, and he's gone, and I, you know, Tori's at um, a Christian boarding school, Becca's at, you know, college, and it's, all right, let's go. Well, I was fine. You know, how, you know, women just get it done, right? And you just sort of multitask and this, this. Well, uh, Brian comes home from Germany, and... Um, and when he came home, I, I noticed that he wasn't helping. <laughs> I mean, really? Three weeks, you've been FaceTiming, you've been like, hey, I'm in Germany. I'm like, and I'm like, you know, picking up poo and, you know, doing this stuff. And, and you know, and, and now you come home and this is what I'm thinking, right? And what am I doing? I'm, I'm thinking. I'm not acting rightly. I am thinking. And I'm thinking. And now I'm, I'm thinking more. And, and I'm watching a couple more days, watching a couple more days. And, I'm th- and, he's, and he's not, you know, and what he does is, oh, I love you. Oh, great, great. Don't get on my ooh, ooh, hair. Don't, ooh, ooh. I'm like, really? You know, because he's a business guy, and I understand that. All right, so um, I don't know, three, four more days go by, and I copped an attitude. Because <laughs> I started thinking instead of acting. And so I did. I sort of got a little silent, and so like, uh, well, you know, um, I'm going up to bed now. You can take the dogs out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just short. You know, he got upstairs, and I'm like, oh, Brian, please forgive me. You know what? I copped an attitude. I have to confess my ugliness to you for causing friction between us. And you know what happened? He thanked me. And he all of a sudden goes, you know, 
I don't think I was very helpful coming home, was I? Duh! <laughs> okay, he didn't do that. <laughs> it was one of those thoughts, but God just, hmm. I'm like, oh, honey, thank you so much. But do you see, confession allows the other person, it opens the door. And you know, even if he didn't say that, I still made it right, didn't I? I still made it right. It doesn't have to be a huge thing. It was what I was doing. And it was all about how does this affect me instead of, Lord, make me your servant. What do you want to teach me? So you need to confess. And the final E is what? What do you think that is? Example. Example. And who is our example? <laughs> Excellent. Jesus. He's our example, okay? So whenever we're not sure how to love an enemy, whenever we hesitate because we're perplexed over how to proceed, whenever we wonder if we've gone far enough in our effort to reconcile, we should look at the example of Jesus and model ourselves after him. Now, some of you might be saying to me, Margot, you don't know the terrible things that that person did to me. No, I don't. I don't. But I do know what I did to Jesus. And yet he forgave me. And we're to forgive as the Father forgave me. Relentless forgiveness. Forgiven to forgive. I know how much I'm forgiven. Like that guy up there, oh man, I am so forgiven. And those who are forgiven much and you realize it, you love much. You can't help it because I didn't deserve this. I, I, I should have been stomped like a million times, like an ant. And I know I'm forgiven. And so are you. And when you know that, it ought to empower you to forgive. Because you're so grateful about it. You can't help it. You will never, ever be asked to forgive someone more than God has already forgiven you. Did you hear me? You will never, ever be asked to forgive someone more than God has already forgiven you. He's already gone for you. And I want to emphasize that to you once again, that if that person that you know needs to be forgiven is you, that you need to forgive yourself, know that you know that God will forgive you. Whether it's adultery, abortion, porn, hate, hypocrisy, drunkenness, whatever it is, God will forgive you. In closing, uh, there's this incredible story. Do you remember the guy, Terry Anderson? He was held hostage in Lebanon. Do you remember this? In Lebanon, for nearly seven years, he was held hostage. He was chained to a wall in a filthy, spider-infested cell. He suffered through all kinds of sickness. He endured mental torture. He longed for his family. And the one book they gave him to read was the Bible. Was the Bible. Basic instructions before leaving earth, right? And he devoured it. He was searching it for words of hope. And he came across Jesus' words from the Sermon on the Mount that says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who what? Persecute you. How we started out this morning. 
Can you imagine how outlandish that command must have seemed to Terry Anderson from Jesus as he was spending 2,455 mind-numbing days in cruel captivity? Love whom? Pray for whom? Show kindness to the people who brutalized me? Exhibit compassion when these people treated me so callously? Well, finally, he was uh, released, December 4th, 1991. And the journalists showed up, and they just peppered him with questions. They wanted to know how his ordeal was, what it was like, what his plans were for the future. And one reporter stopped Anderson in his tracks because he said, can you forgive your captors? Can you forgive your captors? And he paused, and before words could even come out of his mouth, the Lord's prayer just coursed through his mind. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgive us our sins as those who, you know, as those we forgive against us. And here's this victim of undeserved suffering speaks, and he says, Yes, I can forgive them because as a Christian, I am required to forgive no matter how hard it may be. See, sometimes the only way we can forgive is to stop and remember our own experience and our own need for God's forgiveness. First, to come into him, to know him as your savior, to ask forgiveness of your self-righteous way you've been living, and Lord, I want to live you forgiving my sins. You come into my heart, and I want to live that way. And that's what he does. And the Holy Spirit comes to live in you because of his death on the cross and the blood, because his blood cleanses you from all sin. All sin. When it comes to understanding God's forgiveness, the test is, are you forgiving others? That's the test. Are you following his example? You can only do this by being done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you stripped off and put in the fire. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom-made by the creator with what? With what? His label on it. His label on it. So now is the time to open God's wardrobe right now and see what kind of clothes are in there, right? Are they like gold clothes? Are they like the clothes that uh, Janet's going to wear at the banquet, you know, supper of the lamb? I mean, what kind of clothes are in there? I mean, this is absolutely God's wardrobe. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> this is God's wardrobe. And so when you open these doors... What's in uh oh. Right. What's inside is the cross. You know why? Because it's only with the cross that you can wear his label. Amen. I'm his. Cross before me, cross behind me. It's because of Jesus and what he did on the cross. Because the only way we can have his label 
is if we're in Christ. And the only way we can be in Christ is through his cross. I put the screen up. There's a cross at the end of the prayer rock. There's all your twine. There it sits, all unknotted, all wonderfully done. Undone, I should say, all untied because of the cross. And each one of you, when you come up today, are going to receive a cross. And the very twine that you undid, all the sin and all the forgiveness and all the yuck, that's the twine that kept Jesus on this cross. This is what he did for you. He took all the sin, all the muck, all the mire, and just your sin kept him on the cross. So when you see this twine, you remember that that's your sin that kept him right there. How sweet is that? How sweet is that? It's always about the cross. See, it's always about who he is. And this morning, I'm asking you once again, is there someone you need to forgive? It could be your husband, a friend. It could be, like in Doris's video, it could be her dad, her grandma, her family. In Michelle's video we showed Thursday night, it could be her mom, her dad, her family. It could be a boss. It could be a fellow employee. It could be a church. For others this morning, it may not be that you need to forgive, but you need to be forgiven. Still. You need to be forgiven. And if you're here and you still haven't come to know Jesus, you can. Because it's all about the cross. And then you can wear his label. And everywhere you go, people know you're his. What's that? I'm his. I'm his. Oh, you won't be wearing it like this. But it will show because you're full of compassion, full of humility, right? Full of putting people first, and you second. Full of kindness, full of gentleness, full of forgiveness, forgiving others as he forgave you on the cross. Susan uh, is going to come forward, and after she comes forward, I, follow, I want you guys to follow in the footsteps. The ladies are going to be handing out some paper. I want you to use that paper, and I want you to write down either the person that you have forgiven or how you needed to be forgiven. It doesn't be, need to be long, and it needs to be just on that paper. Do not fold it. Do not do anything with it. Just turn it over when you're done. Whoever you've forgiven, if you want to put it both, who I've forgiven and how I've been forgiven, write it down. It'll just take a few seconds as it's being handed out to you, and then I will give you instruction on what you need to do. See in Jeremiah 31, 34, as you're writing this down, says, I will forgive, meaning God, Yahweh God, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins, what? No we will remember their sins, what? No. no more. Or in the message, it says, read with me, look up and read, I'll wipe the slate clean for them, I'll forget they ever sinned, God's decree. I'll wipe the slate clean for them, I'll forget they ever sinned. Now, can we forget? No, but does he forget? Oh, Absolutely. When you're done writing it, I want this side to go over to this bowl and this side to go over this bowl. But first, I want to do something with Susan. See, because 
I'll forgive their wickedness, remember their sins no more. You come and you put your paper in the water, and it's gone. Right? What a great thing. Come on up. Come on up to the bulls. And as you come up, I'm going to give you a cross. And as you take that cross, you remember that your sins are gone. Old song we used to sing, gone, 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 yes, my sins are gone, right? And so I want you to take the cross and walk down the runway of life because you have now begun. And go back and sit because we're going to close with the song and a blessing. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, wow. Thank you, Lord. Just so you guys know, that was the first time that Susan's ever told her story. And uh, there were, are millions more to come because we're going on tour. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, that's what happens, though. You know, you, you, you're healed. A lady came up to me. She goes, not only am I forgiven, I'm healed. Amen. Right? That's what happens. Yeah. You're forgiven and you're healed. And, and you continue to keep being healed, and you give the other person hope. You talked to how many people last night? Six, seven you prayed yeah. with? At least. And they told her stories upon story, and, and, and they go, wow, Susan, you're here, and there's hope, and there's hope for me. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what happens. If you see a redeemed life, you just might believe there's a redeemer. Amen. Right? Amen. And that's what we're here for. Amen.